persons you're listening to, No Names, All Game. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of No Names, All Game. Today is Tuesday, December 15th, and your Nittany Lions are Land Grant Trophy champions after a big win at home, 39-24 over the Michigan State Spartans. My name is Chris Hankin, joined as always by my co-host Pat Calicchio. Pat, how's it feel to be a champion? Oh, I mean, it's in, in a season like this, it just feels so nice to be recognized for your greatness. <laughs> you know, it's, it's things you think about going to the playoff. You think about winning the national championship. It's all about that land grant, baby, that, that filing cabinet of a trophy. We want it. We get a win at home, which was, was pretty, uh, pretty nice. I didn't realize we were winless at home. <laughs> um, so that's yeah. nice. Uh, and we For the first the time season. since the last pandemic. What a fun fact by the broadcast. Uh, yeah. When's the last so time? So really just pandemics. Not a good year for Penn State football. That's what we can blame, yeah. blame all of this on. Um, oh, and you know what? The Land Grant Trophy is a trophy that is remotely uh, associated with Abraham Lincoln. So as far as I'm concerned, most important trophy of the year. Pretty much, yeah. There's some dumbass names for some of the other trophies. There's some cool ones. Like, isn't There's one like uh, Paul Bunyan's Axe, I think. That is there's a cool a, one. That's, there's some cool ones, but... Land Grant, it's got the notoriety, it's got the prestige. I'm very happy with it. Um, and we, so we finished the regular season on a three-game winning streak, which is nice. Uh, there was a time where you know, we weren't sure if we were going to win a game. <laughs> so to go out on a winning streak, uh, we get the crossover with Illinois, um, which makes no sense, but nothing does in this year, so we'll take it. Have a chance to go four and five, and then potential bowl game, which, of course, we'll talk about. But let's start with this game, Michigan State. It's, it's our first, I wouldn't say – I don't even know if I'd say dominant, but it was our first time where a lot of fun things happened. Um, we'll get into our, our awards in a minute, but what was, your, what was your overall feel on that game? I mean, the first half sucked. <laughs> yep. Um, going into halftime, I was like, all right, well, because I had these grand schemes of us, you know, winning out, finishing 500, you know, the dream of every football fan. <laughs> of course. <laughs> And going into halftime, I was like, all right, well, we lose. We're, you know, this is it. Not you know, Season's over. And th- thank God it was a totally different second half. But, but it was ugly in the first. Yeah, yeah, it was. And it was really that second quarter um, where, you know, their freshman quarterback, uh, Peyton Thorne, uh, <laughs> throws three touchdowns. We'll, we have a Twitter question on that later, so we'll get into it. But, yeah, it was looking pretty ugly. Uh, some things start going our way. We turn things around second half. Goes in our favor, and uh, we win the game. We score damn near 40 points, um, which was exciting. Uh, so let's start with our awards, as we normally do. Lion, no lambs this year. We're not doing them. Uh, who's your lion of this week, most valuable right. player? I'm gonna, I, for once, I'm going to let you take the easy one. And I'm, going with, I'm going with Jaquan Brisker. Okay, okay. A guy who I had high hopes for coming into the season, who I think beginning of the season we were not loving the performance but I think has really come on as a, a leader. He's been a playmaker these last few games, become a big-time run stopper. And, you know, in this game, you saw him be really effective against the pass, too. In coverage, yep. he gets an interception, forces a fumble. Um, unfortunately, also lost a fumble. <laughs> but, you know, was he had a great game, man, and he's really stepped it up. Yeah, yeah, he really did. Um, I, I did not see you going there. But, yeah, Brisker had a great game. Um, played well. He's always been a big hitter. He's kind of a guy who likes to just lay into people. Um, and we're still seeing that, but but he's starting to become more of a, 
a complete player as well. Um, he'll have a decision to make on NFL or comeback, which is another topic we'll get into later in the show. Um, but yeah, that's interesting. So this is funny because I actually figured you were going to go with the easy one. So I didn't have one. My guess is you're, the easy one is Jahan Dotson. Yes, yes. Okay, so we're, we're going to talk plenty about Jahan. So I'm going to save it. Uh, mine's going to Shane Simmons, man. Uh, I like Shane it. Simmons, first start of his career in place of Jason O.A., who was uh, out this game. Uh, Franklin said he was banged up in the Rutgers game. He was in street clothes after warming up. Uh, but Shane Simmons, a guy who came in with a lot of hype. Um, if you go back to when he first came to Penn State, he was – this is before I think I knew about 24-7. Uh, he was like number 12 overall in ESPN recruit rankings, like number 12 in the country. He was a five-star, highly recruited kid uh, from Maryland, DeMatha Catholic. And like, he was supposed to be kind of the next big thing for us. Um, had some injuries, things happened through his career. He just never really got the playing time. Uh, so this becomes his first, I'm pretty sure first career start. Uh, and he has a career day, has one and a half sacks, two tackles for loss, seven total tackles, um, and, and just a, a fun, fun day to see a guy like that have his moment in the sun. Like, He's gone through a whole lot. Sure, he could come back next year. You know, he has that extra year of eligibility like everyone does. I don't think he does. Um, but just a really cool moment to see a guy who's put in a lot over the last four or five years, how many years he's been there. Uh, teammates think really highly of Shaka Tony was talking about him in one of the interviews. Uh, he was like, I don't know what he's going to do next, NFL or what, but he's going to be a millionaire, so I'm going to stay close to him. Uh, you know, it's always the quiet guys. They, they got millionaire thoughts. So he, he was hyping him up. You can tell he's well-respected. Uh, so I'm just really happy for Shane Simmons. He's my Lion of the Week. He had a tremendous game. He really did. He really did. Um, I think we actually have a question on him. So let's just, you know what? This is the, this is the last, last regular season episode. We're going to go all over the place. Um, we did have one Twitter question uh, from CJ Scalzetti. He said, Shane Simmons, wonder if he just needed some more reps to produce. Um, I don't know. Maybe. Um, my, my thing is like, We've always played a rotational uh, defensive line under Coach Chaos, and, and even this year, um, if things were coming together, he probably would have gotten more playing time. So my guess is, you know, whether it be injury, whether it be whatever, he, you know, he kind of wasn't there all of the time. And then, you know, things happen on, on a day that's filled with emotions. It's your senior day, potentially your last day as a Penn Stater, and thankfully playing a team that's not, you know, supremely talented. Um, you know, there, there's probably some things that take over. It's that. Uh, what is that like, you know, in the moment strength when like someone's trapped under a car that you're like able to lift adrenaline. the car up? Adrenaline. That's the word I'm looking for. Uh, <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know if he, he, you know, just needed more snaps. I think there's probably some things behind the scenes that we didn't see, but very happy that he got his moment. I'm kind of with CJ on this one. I think. Yeah. I, yeah. I think maybe if he had gotten more opportunity, he would have had, there would have been a lot more that he would have done. Um I personally think, like, today he looked – I mean, not today, you know, this game. Saturday. He yep. looked better than, like, at any point I've seen Jason Oway this season. Yeah. Yeah, and, like, I don't, I don't disagree with that. You know? But I think, I think like, if, if that was the truth – I mean, this, this goes back to all of our conversations of, like, hey, why hasn't Roberson started a quarterback? Like, obviously they see things in practice that, you know, they make the decisions course, for a yeah. reason. And, again, I think for, for defensive end particularly, like – I, I haven't looked at snap counts this year, but we've always rotated pretty, pretty well. So like second team guys get snaps. They're not playing every down, but they get snaps. And there've been times where he hasn't had that. So like I said, there, there've been times where he's been dealing with injury where he probably couldn't play. And then, you know, over time, those setbacks kind of add up. So here nor there, very happy for Shane. 
very happy for this team. It was senior day. Um, this doesn't matter because, you know, the game's over and it happened. But did you see what, like, the whole senior day, how, like, you couldn't have visitors in the stand? Did you see all that? But the parents were allowed in the stadium for the ceremony, but then had to leave for the game, which makes no sense. But, like, at, it- you know, at least they got them in there for the ceremony. Better yeah. than not having them there, I guess. Of course, of course. So, like, shout out to Penn State and the administration for getting them in to be at least part of that. But is that the dumbest thing in the world? Like, yeah. hey, you, you cannot be in the stadium for fear of spread of coronavirus. But, hey, let's get you in the stadium, stand in the stands to watch the ceremony, and then also your son is going to run over to you and take pictures with you, but then you got to get out. And this is not on Penn State. This is on, like, the government of whoever made this decision. Um so that just that was like weird. Happy that they got to be there, but what then pissed me off a little bit. Um, media is allowed to be there, so like the beat writers are like taking pictures from the press box and writing their stories. Like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Like, I, I and again, this doesn't matter. It's over. It's done with. I'm sure they made the best of a bad situation, but like, does it matter? Like, for a beat writer to sit there and be able to take a picture or write a story, they could do that from TV. Like, I don't know. I'm rambling. It annoyed me. That was silly. Moving on to the actual game. <laughs> um, where do you want to start here? So some things to break down. Obviously, you know, the, the first, second half were differences. Um, we have a couple of questions. That, honestly, most of our, our Twitter questions are long-term quarterback outlook. So we'll get to that in a bit because we talk about that every week. Um, let's, let's talk about the defense first. Let's talk about the defense because that was one of the big stories of the second quarter. This kid, Peyton Thorne, his first collegiate start, uh, lights us up. Absolutely lights us up. Uh, so we have a question from uh, Michael, Mike James, uh, winner of the $50 prize from our last raffle. Uh, so do you know, did you notice what defensive adjustments were made after the second quarter debacle? Was it a change in coverage, personnel, pressure? Michigan State quarterback looked like Joe Montana for a quarter, and then crickets. Um, so like we mentioned, the first quarter was kind of quiet all around. Second quarter, he lights us up, and then second half, Defense looks a lot better. What'd you uh, What'd you notice in that? Yeah, I I just I don't get it. Um, they they scored <laughs> zero points in the first quarter, twenty one in the second, three in the third, and zero in the fourth. Like, they're, they're, what one of the most frustrating things under the James Franklin era of football is like, why can't we just play a complete game of football? Why yep. can't we just start strong and end strong, and like at no point have a disaster? Of, of a quarter in the middle. Like, it, it makes no sense to me. This kid threw for 325 yards and three touchdowns. And, I mean, all three of the touchdowns came in one quarter. And I'm, I'm betting, like, 250 at least of those yards came in that, that one quarter. Like, yeah, I think it was, like, I think it was low 200s. Happening? And I don't get it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it, I, I read this question. Uh, thank you, Mike, Michael, for, uh, for writing this one. Um, we say this all the time, but we are not X's and O's experts. Um, but I went back and I, I was watching some some like highlights and some tape to see if I could kind of dissect a little bit. Um, so the first first drive, first couple drives of the game uh, in the first quarter looked good. Uh, Antonio Shelton has a sack early on. Uh, Brisker has the interception that that unfortunately gets dropped. Um, but they but they still are able to hold them. They still get a punt. I think Simmons had a, a tackle for loss early on. The so first quarter was looking good. Uh, second quarter, what I noticed in all three of these touchdown drives. Um, first thing, there's just zero pressure whatsoever. In all three of those touchdown throws, there is not a defender within probably four, five yards of him. Um, maybe that's an over-exaggeration, but there's just no one near him. 
Uh, and he's comfortable. He's able to throw. Um, when there's no pressure, you're able to dial up some different calls. Um, and the other thing is, I mean, it was all chunk plays that they were able to move the chains and able to be in scenarios that allow you to take shots. So of those three touchdowns, two of them came on a first down pass. Third one came on a second down pass. And that entire second quarter, we only got them to third down, I believe, once. And it was a third and three. There was no third and long. There was no no situation where they had to even ha- have to think or have to worry. Um, you know, they were just taking shots. So I, I think, you know, what were we doing wrong in that quarter? I have no idea. But they were very comfortable. This kid was probably a little bit of, you know, first start adrenaline of just, I'm going to let this thing fly. Uh, you know, I think it was the second touchdown he threw where it was like um, – there were like two or three knitting lines right around the kid and the kid just made a great catch. Um, so things were just working in their favor. Fast forward. Uh, we get to the second half. They're kind of moving the ball right away on the first two plays. They have two plays, two first downs. Uh, there's a run that goes for about 12 or 13. There's a short pass that goes for 10. And then there are some changes. We start bringing some pressure. Um, so there's, uh, after those first two, two first downs, uh, Jesse Lucetta blitzes, gets a hand in his face, swats the ball or tips the ball. Cool. Now, now we're in a second and long. That feels good. Um, after that, I think they sent Brisker on a blitz. Brisker gets in the backfield and they, they stopped the running back for a loss where running back, we held him, we held him to, you know, I think it was only 69 yards in the day. Nice. Um, but they were, you know, he was averaging five yards to carry the kid. Uh, they, they were gashing us a bit. Um, so that's second down brisker brisker rushes. And, uh, I think it was him Simmons and Tony all in the backfield to drop the runner. Now we're in a third and long. And this is like, okay, we haven't had this yet. Um, this is one where I think Ellis Brooks now blitzes. They get a ton of pressure. This is where the kid like faked the screen and we bid on that. <laughs> Do you remember that? So like we're in the backfield about to sack him. He fakes the screen. We turn around. I don't remember who it was. Turns around to like go get the screen. Quarterback still has the ball. But again, it's third and 13. I think that was flustered. He's flustered. The play is broken. He throws it just into the ground. It, we made him uncomfortable. Um, so I think that's one thing that changed. We started bringing pressure. Um, of course, you cannot do that every single play, but you saw it more often in that third quarter. Um, there were several plays where Lance Dixon was rushing. Uh, Sutherland was rushing. Um, I, I think bringing more pressure and getting that kid uncomfortable was a big key to that turnaround. Yeah, I, I, for sure. That, 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 that's a good point, that there was, there was no pressure in that second quarter. Um, and yeah, they just moved the ball at will, and like they weren't, they didn't run the ball particularly well, which makes it especially confusing. Like we couldn't get anything going. Um, also, by the way, shout out to a friend of the podcast, Brandon Beal. I think the uh, the the announcers were kind of echoing his thoughts of why is Brandon Smith not in the box? <laughs> like it makes it makes no sense. I I was sort of um, I I was kind of like being open-minded about it, like, well, he's very athletic. You know, they want him out in space. No, I'm done with that. Like, you know, he needs to be, he needs to be playing middle linebacker. <laughs> yep. Yep. I agree. And I hope we see that next year. Like I said, you see, you see guys like Lance Dixon that can play out in space, probably a little bit better. A guy like Curtis Jacobs, you often see out in space. Let Brandon Smith play middle linebacker, just fuck people up. Like that's yeah. what he's good at. Um, so yeah, defensively, like I said, we weren't getting pressure. Um, we've had our issues in the secondary. So if you're not getting pressure, that makes it a lot easier for them ex- to exploit a secondary. Um, once we started bringing the pressure again, started rattling the quarterback, making him make some not necessarily poor decisions. I mean, he did have one, I think it was either right at the end of a quarter 
yeah, maybe right at the end of the third quarter, uh, he threw one up that should have been an interception, and Daquan Hardy just dropped it. So, like, we, we, we started getting to him, rattling his cage a little bit. Tied Daquan Hardy in a tough game. A little bit. A little bit. We're not giving out lambs. We're not giving out lambs. But that interception at that time of the game would have been really fun. And he also um, got torched for a touchdown. True. I, like I said, I think our secondary in general didn't look great. Um, Marquise Wilson had a couple of moments that didn't look great. Um, that one, that one that the dude got, like I said, he caught the, I think it was Thorne's second touchdown. There was, I think it was Joey Porter was in coverage. Wade was like was right behind him. Yeah. Or Wade was right in front of him. And then someone else yeah. was cut. Like it was just, it was kind of a pretty great play, but also like, Hey, work on your ball skills a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So this is a positive, positive podcast. We won the game. It's senior day. But, yeah, those are some things to work on. Um, but, yeah, we finished the day with, with four sacks. Um, Shane Simmons, one and a half. Antonio Shelton, one and a half. Jonathan Sutherland, half. And Adisa Isaac, half. Um, so that's nice to see some guys getting in there, getting some pressure. Um, you know, we had the one interception that wasn't after the fumble and another one that should have been from Daquan Hardy. So, all in all, we've had a lot of defensive woes this year, I think, in general, for the most part of this game outside of the second quarter, we played fairly well. Yeah, I mean, there was three quarters of great football. Yeah. They scored three points that didn't happen in the second quarter. Yeah. You know, yeah. but it's like, <laughs> still, you can't have that. <laughs> it's true. Very, very true. So let's flip. Anything else on the defense that you want to cover or get to? No, I think we, we got it. Yeah, I think it's pretty straightforward. Offense, uh, the man we didn't talk about uh, – are given award because obviously he's going to get all of the awards this week is Mr. Jahan Dotson. Uh, Penn State awarded him the offensive player of the week and the special teams player of the week. Um, kid had a great game. And I don't know if you listened to the preview show. If you listen to the show, somebody, somebody said, don't be surprised if Jahan Dotson has a great game. That would be your boy right here. For he once, finishes. Predict the punt return touchdown. Right? I know. I'm kicking so myself. Disappointed. I'm kicking myself. But Dotson finishes with eight receptions. 108 yards, and then the punt return for a touchdown. Um, just awesome to see. Like I said, he had a couple of slower games the last two. Uh, he breaks out. He has a couple of really, really nice catches, um, some plays that, that you know, stretch the change. And then that, that punt return really was a, was a point where sort of started to put the game away. Um, what do you think about Jahan's performance? Oh, I mean, this was the Jahan we saw in the first, like, four weeks where we're like, this kid is insanely good. And then he kind of got a little quiet, I think mostly because of the way we were running the offense. But, yep. I mean, I mean the, the fact that it is the, the one group on this offense that we were worried about coming to the season has been by far the best part of the offense. Yeah. And yeah, it's crazy. good and a bad thing. Yeah, and it's, it's so fun to see for Jahan because, you know, he's kind of the guy that – we were pointing to it at the beginning of the season saying we need someone to be a leader in the wide receiver core. We need it to be him. And he has been. Um, so we'll Can talk. he be a number one? And like, I, oh boy, has he been? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, we're going to talk about NFL decisions in a little bit. And we'll talk about him. Um, but staying on the offense and staying with wide receivers, uh, his number two, Parker Washington, hell of a game himself. Uh, four catches, 95 yards, two touchdowns. One of which, the first one, was just sick. Yeah, I mean, this kid's got moves, too. Out in space, he's very hard to bring down. Shades of K.J. Hamler making, making guys miss. Uh, he, he's a true freshman, right? 
He is. Yep. I mean, I'm excited to watch this kid for probably only two more seasons, but still. Uh, yeah. He's going to be electric, man. And whenever Jahan leaves, whether it's at the end of this year or next year, man, like that, that is a number one receiver right there, especially with another, you know, a full off season of work under his belt. But let me tell you, if Jahan does come back, we've got an insanely good one-two punch with those two guys and just a really deep tight end core. Yeah. Yeah. Completely agree. Um, Parker, Parker, this is a guy that we talked about coming into the season because a lot of people were talking about Keandre Lambert Smith. He was our highest rated. Um, but then as the season got a little bit closer, the, the buzz around Parker Washington became more apparent. It was, it was pretty clear. People were, we're saying, you know, people who knew him, uh, Coach Caduti, a couple other people saying, this kid is playing big boy football in Texas. He is very mature. Um, and it's not just that he's, like, super athletic and talented. It's, he's a great route runner. He's great in space. He knows his assignments. He's an all-around football player. Um, and I think he showed that in this game. So there's uh, the first touchdown. I think it's the first touchdown. Um, they're in the red zone. Cliff throws. I, I, I don't know if I'm going to call it a bad throw or not. I don't know. Uh, but it's high in the end zone and Parker who's only six foot goes up and gets it, takes a hit in the air and secures it. I mean, that was one of those bang bang plays that you're watching live and you're just like, damn, like that's a big boy football play. Um, so that was a ton of fun. Uh, there's the other one where he catches it in open space on the left side of field and just jukes a dude out of his shoes. I don't know if you saw the, uh, the picture that's going around Twitter. If you zoom in, I think it's Fred Hansard like points out the guy getting juked. He's like, Oh, Really great picture. Whoever <laughs> yeah. got that reminds me of uh, reminds me of was it CJ Thorpe that like fell to his CJ knees Thorpe. last year when uh, yeah when uh, Brandon <laughs> Smith murdered a kid. Uh, so that was great. And then Parker Washington, uh, his second touchdown uh, was the you know fake screen wheel play that Cliff kind of kind of lame duck throws it up there. Um, Parker has to wait for it and then cuts entirely across the field. Uh, to, I wouldn't call that a lame run. duck. He knew he was wide open. And he just he made sure he didn't overthrow him. <laughs> yeah, but, like, if you just lead him, he doesn't even need to cut across the field. He just goes into the end zone untouched. No, I, I get uh, that. But, like, that that's a throw where you go, I'm okay with you, with him having to wait. <laughs> that's, that's a very Because if he overthrows him, it's a nightmare. <laughs> sure, sure. But I, this just goes back to I hate that we even have to be in that position. Um, I want a quarterback who doesn't think twice about that and just says, boom, touchdown. Um, but it's, it was a touchdown, so who cares? Um, what I'm saying is Parker Washington is very fun. We have him for two more years. He's going to be really exciting to watch. Um, before we get into quarterback conversation, cause I'm sure we will in a second here. Um, uh, I think that's really it on the offense. You know, running back was, was nothing crazy. This game, Kevon. No, we had a, a very bad game running the ball. Yeah. Very quiet. Um, outside of Clifford's touchdown run, uh, the, we didn't have a single rush over 10 yards. Um, not, not our best day on the ground. Just not. No. And, uh, listen, I, I'm coming around on the, the Will Levis as a ball carrier thing. Uh, I like it in these short yardage situations. Uh, it's, it, it has worked basically every time. So I can, I can get down with that, you know, especially when every once in a while you pepper in a throw, keep people on their toes. But, like, I, I just – I don't see the necessity of Will Levis having 15 carries. Yeah, he averaged – and. I get it, you know, like a lot of these are going to be shorter because they're short yarded situations, but like he averaged less than two and a half yards a carry. He doesn't need to be carrying it 15 times a game. Yeah. It's, it's too much. Yeah, 
I, I completely agree. And it's, we've talked a lot about how it's the one, I don't like it because it's just tempering your offense and it's just playing super safe so that you don't have to put it all on Clifford, which isn't a really good vote of confidence no matter what. Uh, two, it's not it's not unpredictable. It's very predictable. Teams know exactly what you're doing. It's not going to work against better teams. But three, and I don't remember what I was reading an article or someone on Twitter, I don't remember who, brought up a good point. Like, if you actually believe in this kid as a quarterback, what team puts their quarterback in that much of harm's way? Like, you're trying to always protect your quarterback. This kid is lowering his shoulder 15 times a game. These aren't runs to get out of bounds or runs and slide. He is hammering into defensive linemen and linebackers over and over and over again. That doesn't seem like a recipe for success if you truly believe he can play quarterback. Yeah, and, you know, I've, I've had my vocal doubts about him as a passing quarterback, but he, you know, I mean, he has been at the very least competent despite the yeah. fact that he has gotten really no, very few legitimate chances to do it. Um, yeah, you can't put it on him, but, like, he had, what, two throws in this game? Three, maybe? Three. Um, three. Two of them three for three. Yeah, but two of them should have been intercepted, if you ask me. <laughs> um, and, again, maybe, you know, that's which way do you look at it? Oh, he's a precision passer, and he knew exactly what he was doing, fit it in a tight window. That one to Jahan over the middle was really nice. He went for, like, a 30-yard gain, um, but could have been intercepted. And then the other one tipped off of Parker Washington's hands into Keandre Lambert, into Keandre Lambert, and then finally went. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I, I just, I don't think they view him as a quarterback. Like there was, he, they asked him, some of the reporters asked him and he's like, I'm still a quarterback. When I look at the playbook, it says quarterback and everyone believes I'm a quarterback. Like just doesn't give me vibes of that when you're pounding this kid into defenses that often. No, I totally agree. I mean, I think like next year, for some reason, if, if like in this hypothetical situation where Sean Clifford would be graduating next year and he's not in the room, Will Levis would not be the heir apparent, if you ask me. No. No, it would be a wide-open comp- competition, I think, with all the young guys. Um, and Clifford did make it clear, in case it wasn't, that he is coming back. Uh, he, he was asked some sort of question. Uh, and it was He talked about how he's coming back for a double major or something. Um, but also, I, I mean, he's a redshirt junior, right? Yeah. Where did this speculation come from that he – would not what would he be declaring for the NFL after the worst season of his career? Exactly, exactly, exactly. So there's never. <laughs> that's my point. Where, where did this speculation arise from after this season? I don't. I don't think there is any. I think there was. Probably, they were talking about it during the game. Like, well, we're not sure if he'll be back. Like, what? Well, they're idiots. Honestly, I thought those announcers were pretty bad. I don't know who they are. I'm sure you're great people, but I didn't think they were very good. Um, but no, like pre, before the season there were some thoughts of like, oh, if Clifford lights it up, maybe he goes to the draft. After game one, I could have told you that conversation was done. Um, but that being said, he is absolutely coming back. Uh, barring a transfer, we still have Levis. Um, so that's the conversation that we have every single week. Uh, Sweens asks, this switching QB system is fine now since this season is such an outlier. But what are we really doing when it comes to defining our future at the spot? Uh, and then CJ Scalzetti says, I don't know why five-star QBs won't want to play in the system when they can be battering Rams into the D-lines 20-plus times a game. So that's probably what I was thinking of. Um, so let's – I mean, we don't want to dive too deep into it because we've talked about it a million times. This will be the conversation of the offseason that everyone will talk about a million times because until something happens where 
one guy either transfers out, which let's be real, Clifford's not going to do. Levis, to be honest, it's probably not a bad thing to think about. I'm, I'm not saying like I want him to leave, but for his own future, might be worth thinking about. Or we get a transfer in that is the clear heir apparent. Um, like, what, what are you? Where are you leaning at this point? To what do you? What do you want to see in quarterback next year? And what do you think will actually happen? Um, I mean, to be honest with you, I'm back on the this is Sean Clifford's job train. Um, and what I want to see is he develops, uh, you know, better footwork, more consistency, and a, a you know a solid down the field threat. Uh, I thought this was this might have been his best game of the season. Completed sixty three percent of his passes, had no interceptions, two touchdowns. I thought his pocket awareness was way better. I thought he only bailed out maybe twice when he didn't have to, and on one of those, I think he still threw a completion. Mm-hmm. You know, I was his overthrows weren't as bad. Um, you saw them in you know they were more in the receivers have to jump to get them than the they're going to the other team sort of overthrows. <laughs> yeah. So it it I thought it was I this was the improvement you wanted to see from Sean Clifford, not like you know not the the miles that you wanted to see, but this was the right step in the direction. And you yeah. go what what you know what I want to see and what I think is probably the best for the program at this point is that with a full off season of Kirk Sharaka, we saw what he did with Tanner Morgan, that he does something similar to that with Sean Clifford. He just becomes a better version of himself. That's fair. Um, I do think this was one of his best games. I think it was for the bloggy I was reading earlier called out uh, the one play where he found, he found Parker Washington on the left sideline and Parker dupes the kid on that play. Um, some lineman blew his, blew his block and Cliff was getting pressure. He doesn't take off right away. He's like kind of shimmying to the left, keeps his eyes downfield, actually makes a nice play. Like it was, it was impressive to say the least. Um, but I will, I think I've been on record at this point. I'm going to say it again. I just, I don't think we can, I don't think we can succeed with Cliff as our quarterback next year. Um, I don't think there's like, I think, I think he probably can improve a bit. I think Sharaka could probably do some good things with him. I don't know what Tanner Morgan did this year, but I didn't hear his name a whole lot, so it couldn't have been that great. So maybe there is some Kirk Sharaka magic that while he's with you, you have superhuman quarterback abilities. Um, but I, I just personally think, like, I think we know what Cliff's ceiling is. Like, I think we know what it is, and it's slightly above average, which is not a bad thing. Like, I, I'm, that's he's a better quarterback than I could ever dream of being. But I think we know what our ceiling is. I think we are limited with him as a quarterback. Um, and I think another year of this would do more harm for the program than trying something else. Um, now, I like you can't just magically throw a freshman or a sophomore who hasn't played out there and expect it for greatness. Um, I'm not a huge fan of the transfer market. Like I've said that. Uh, if we look at the transfer portal, um, people have been clamoring for that. Mackenzie Milton, kid from UCF, that is kind of one of the top options. Uh, he's now committed to Florida State, so no chance there. Um, there's more and more kids entering the portal every day. You're going to see it. This is just college football at this point. There's a couple of intriguing names. Um, Jawan Pass from Louisville. He was the heir apparent to Lamar Jackson. Um, had a promising first year. Not, not great, but not bad. Then he got injured and never won his starting spot back. Um, I don't know if that really excites me. Uh, there's a kid from Baylor. He's a four-year starter. 
Uh, I was looking, he has pretty good numbers, consistently above 60% completion, um, solid, if not, not amazing, but solid touchdown to interception ratios. Uh, and as I read through Twitter, everyone, all the fans are like, thank you for everything you've done for this program. You're the grittiest kid. You're a winner. You're a gamer. Reminds me of Trace a little bit from what I see what people are talking about him. Um, but do I think he comes in and like completely changes our program? Not really. Um, so I don't know what I want to happen. What I think needs to happen is something other than Clifford or Levis. My name is Chris Hankin and that was my rant. Whew. I hate talking negative, Pat. I hate it. I know. I hate it. I hate it's it. usually I hate me. It. I know. Um, but that's just, that's, that's what I think. Um, so let's see, what other long-term questions do we have here? Um, Drew Cagle, Cagle's Bagels, says, who are some other CFB teams that we should model our future offensive playbook slash scheme after? Also, just want to take a quick victory lap on me calling P-Wash's two touchdowns last week. Cagle, I love you, but we are putting a moratorium on the name P-Wash. It just doesn't sound good. Like, when I hear P... It's P-Dubs. When I hear P-Wash, I think like urination. I don't know if that's weird, but that's where my head goes to. Like P-Wash. Like Washing gross. with my tea. Yeah. yeah, it's gross and that's weird. And I don't want to P-Wash. <laughs> I don't know. That's where my head goes. So it's P-Dubs. P-Dubs. Yeah, shout out to you. You called it. Um, I don't know on this question. What do you think, That Who are some other college football teams that we should model our offensive playbook and scheme after? Uh, I mean, I don't know enough about it to say, but I, I think we, we should model whatever they're doing at Iowa State. Start start paying attention to that, man. Yeah. You yeah, know? well, that's – I mean, that starts with uh, their head coach, Matt Campbell, who is in line for pretty much every open NFL job. Like, he, he's, you know, one of these guys. That, I think that's – yeah, that's Iowa State. Um, he's a guy that has built that program and, and turned them around and done a whole lot of good things. Um, yeah. To be honest with you, like – so, like, last season, if you asked me whose offense we should be modeling ourselves after, I would have told you Kirk Chirac in Minnesota. Yep. Um, and again, I think this is like, I think you're seeing what, like what frustrates us about his play calling, I think is his lack of belief in some of his tools that he currently has. Mm-hmm. I think when like I said, you know, hopefully with a real off season with some development from players, we'll see a lot more open up from him. Yeah. And I mean, he did open it up a bit in this game. Um, that yeah. touchdown to Jawan Johnson or Jawan Johnson, Jesus, where did that come from in my head? Am I drunk? Um, that touchdown to Parker Washington, uh, the second one, um, that it was a, you know, the fake, fake screen wheel route. They ran that earlier in the game. And, and this is that kind of that his, his concept of like run the same things, then finally beat you. They ran it earlier in the game. I want to say it was early in the second quarter. They ran it to the left side. Um, Parker Washington does the same thing. So you have Jahan do like a little jailbreak and then Parker Washington fakes like he's going to block and then sneaks out earlier in the game. Both defenders tracked Parker Washington and we hit Jawan Johnson on this little screen and there was no one there. John Dotson. Why do I keep saying that? <laughs> Why is Jawan Johnson in my head right now? I don't know. Yeah, it's been a long day, man. It's ten nineteen on the East coast right now. I was up early for meetings today. I apologize, everyone. We hit Jahan Dotson. And he goes for a first down. So, yes, I agree with your point. I think I think we'll see more of Sharaka. And also, like, you don't bring in a guy to then adopt someone else's system. You bring in a guy because you believe he has a system that you can build in your program. Like, 
I don't know. I, like it wouldn't work if we just said, Hey, Kirk, start running Clemson's offense, start running Ohio state's offense. Like that just doesn't work. Um, so, yeah. I also like Sharaka's offense because it's built mainly off doing very – you do very manageable things, and yeah. then you do something big. And the very man- – like, I like those manageable things, especially with the current quarterback situation. It's yeah, not always exciting, but, like, you know, if you can't execute those things, you're really not going to be able to do anything more advanced. Yeah. Yeah. Unless, unless you have Juwan Johnson, apparently. Yes. Of course. <laughs> Um, so yeah, good, good question, Kegel, but I, I don't know if it's quite as simple. Um, let's see what other Twitter questions do we have. This one coming from Nick Umo, good friend of mine, Nick Amosella. How you doing, man? Uh, he says, what coaching changes do you think occur, whether to make moves or because a coach moves on to a higher slash better opportunity? Um, I like this question because I think, I think I even said it earlier this year. I was like, Hey, it's a COVID year. Everything's weird. Like you're not going to make changes. Um, there are a lot of changes happening around the country, man. <laughs> like schools are not, not necessarily shying away from it just because it's a COVID year. Um, I mean, you look at just some of the notable names, Derek Mason fired at Vanderbilt, Gus Malzahn fired at Auburn, Lovey Smith fired at Illinois, Kevin Sumlin out at Arizona, um, Will Muschamp at South Carolina. There, there's a lot of like head coach names that have rolled that I didn't think was going to happen. Um, now, I'm not saying it's going to, but it could be possible. What do you think, Pat? Uh, I don't think anyone gets fired. I, I just don't see it, uh, especially because really the only, like, disappointing seasons you could really point out from people are Franklin and Pry, and they're, they're just not going, you know, not happening. The one coach I could see, even though he's only been here for now one season, is a wide receivers coach. Like, Ooh. I can see someone going like, wow, look what this guy did with like such unproven talent in this crazy year. That's a great, that's a great call. I actually, I didn't think about him. Oh, that'd suck. It would. Cause I'm already <laughs> a fan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I hope that doesn't happen. And I don't know that it will. Uh, because I think uh, when he, when he got hired, Franklin talked about, um, you know, wanting to bring some stability to the position and having that kind of revolving door over the last couple of years of, you know, Josh Gaddis to, I don't remember all the other guys' names, to be honest. We had like three or four different wide receivers coaches um, in between Gaddis and now. Uh, and I think Stubblefield, Stubblefield uh, kind of reciprocated that of like, hey, I, w- I want to go and I want to build somewhere. Now, if someone comes and throws a whole lot of money at you to, to be somewhere else, that'll change. But um, I did not think about him. So, yeah, we talked about Franklin's not going anywhere. One, because I don't think he deserves to. I, I'm a James Franklin fan, as are you, as is this podcast. Um, and there's just way too much money. Not going to happen. Um, Brent Pry, this is, this is the interesting one, because you're right. I don't think anyone gets fired. One, just because I don't think that's in Franklin's nature right now. Um, I think he's, he's a family guy. He's a team guy. He's not going to put someone out to save face right now. I just don't see that happening. Um, but the defense struggled this year. Um, so is it, you know, is it Brent Pry potentially gets, you know, a head coaching job somewhere? I, I don't know after a season like this, you know, uh, a la Ricky Ronnie to a lower level program. I don't know if I see that happening. Um, if you look at the assistants, there's, you know, it, and it's funny too, because they, they have all these like multiple titles. It's like Tim Banks is co-defensive coordinator slash safeties. 
didn't realize he was co-defense coordinator. Um, Terry Smith, assistant head coach slash defensive recruiting coordinator slash cornerbacks. Um, you just brought John Scott Jr. in as the defensive line, so he's not going anywhere. So do you see Terry Smith or, or Tim Banks go? I don't think so. I don't think so. Should, should someone on the defense maybe go? Maybe, but I don't see it happening. I'm rambling a lot tonight. Sorry, Jawan Johnson brain. But the one coach I could see possibly going somewhere, and this is not fired, but to move on, as Nick suggested in his question, uh, is our guy Tyler Bowen. Um, he is a rising star in the coaching world from what we hear. Um, everyone loves him. Everyone talks about how he is a strong offensive mind. Uh, you know, he did some interim offensive coordinator for us after Ronnie left. Uh, I think it was just, what, the one, the bowl game last year he called the plays. Um, so he, he is co-offensive coordinator slash offensive recruiting coordinator slash tight ends. Um, I think the co-coordinators is just title and probably gets them paid a little more and gives them some, you know, some resume stuff. Um, but if you're Tyler Bowen, you're a younger coach, you're killing it recruiting. You've brought in a bunch of tight ends, made this, you know, a really strong tight end program. We just brought in Kirk Shiraka. Your path to becoming an offensive coordinator at Penn State is not a quick one. So if you want to go be an offensive coordinator, either getting an offer at maybe a lower school or going to a school that you think there's a quicker path, he's one I think could happen. That's a good call. And that would be really unfortunate because he's done wonders for us. Yeah. Um, good question, Nick. That's, that's one we haven't really talked about. I like that one. Um, all right. I think that's it for our Twitter questions. Um, Let's see, we talked to Coaching Carousel, we talked this, we talked this. Oh, Big Ten Awards happened today, Pat. Did you know that? I didn't. I didn't know they were happening at all. I was scrolling on Twitter, like, about to get in the shower this morning, and I see, congrats to the first first team by the coaches, first team by the media, Penn State. Knit. I was like, wait, 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 what? Um, so they only did offense today, where they go through the coaches' picks, the media's picks, and then the offensive players of the year. So I wouldn't want them to overtax themselves. <laughs> you, know the big, you know the Big Ten leadership has a whole lot to be doing right now. Um, so shout out first and foremost to our guy, Pat Fryermuth, wins the Big Ten tight end of the year despite missing games, being injured, ending his season early. They still knew. They still knew he was the best tight end in the league. Shout out to Pat Fryermuth. What did he play, four games? Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah, 310 yards or four games, uh, which is actually the most yards of any tight end in the Big Ten, regardless of, regardless of number of games played. Um, he only had one touchdown, but – Not a tight ends conference, the Big Ten. No, <laughs> no. You put, up, you put up 310 over four games. And, I mean, he's just – he's a baller. He would have won it handedly if he played the whole time. So, oh, yeah. well-deserved. Well-deserved. Um, and then if we look at – um, just the, the actual all Big Ten offenses. Um, the coaches, coaches are always more accurate and, and a little bit better than the media. So let's look at that one. Coaches, Pat Fry gets first team. Will Fries and Mike Miranda get second team. Jahan Dotson and Michael Mennett, third team. And then Rasheed Walker with an honorable mention. Um, any of those, any of those, anyone do you think that's missing or anyone that you think got shafted there? Did Parker Washington get a, like an honorable mention? Nothing. I think that's a bit of a shaft thing. I agree. Um, I'm slightly surprised by the Will Fry's second team. Yeah, 
I've, I've come to the realization that I just don't know how to scout offensive linemen very well. I do not either, in, um, in all fairness. Uh, but yeah, the coaches, I mean, I, I, I was honestly, I thought Jahan Dotson deserved a little bit more than third team. I, um, I'd agree. Although but, Ohio State's got some crazy good wide receivers. Exactly. And that's as I started looking at it. So they do, they do two receivers for each team. So first team is the Ohio State duo of Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson. Uh, second team is Ty Freifogel from Indiana, who actually won Big Ten Receiver of the Year. Um, so how do you get second team and win? I don't know. Uh, it's him and David Bell from Purdue, who had a very, very good year as well. And then third year is Rashad Bateman. Uh, third team is Rashad Bateman of Minnesota and John Dotson, not Jawan Johnson, of Penn State. Um, so I'm pretty happy with that. Yeah, I mean, I'm not seeing other than Parker Washington, but again, that's some stiff competition. I'd like an it honorable is. mention for him, but I get it. I would have liked an honorable. Um, so today they put out just the uh, just We the will honorably mention you, Parker Washington. <laughs> you know what? Parker Washington, first team, no names, all game, honorable mention. We are te- technically part of the media. I love it. I love it. Um, so they did only uh, only the offensive awards today. Uh, so uh, Muhammad Ibrahim, running back uh, from Minnesota, uh, won the running back of the year. I think he had something, he had something like 15 touchdowns or something. It was crazy. Um, Pat Fry wins tight end. Um, Justin Fields wins the offensive player and the quarterback of the year. Shocker. Um, Ty Freifogel is a wide receiver of the year. Wyatt Davis from Ohio State is the offensive lineman of the year. Um, so I guess I'm guessing we'll see defense tomorrow. Um, I don't know if anyone on our our squad gets much consideration. We'll probably maybe get a couple of third teamers in there, maybe a second teamer. Um, Shaka I'm not expecting get some consideration. I, I think, think Shaka. I think Shaka will get some some looks. Maybe maybe a Brandon Smith if coaches just like the way he plays. Maybe he gets an honorable or something. Um, Joey Porter's looked good. Wouldn't shock me to see him in, in one of those later teams. Um, I'm not expecting a ton, but what I am looking forward to, uh, is the big 10 freshman of the year, which I firmly believe Parker Washington is in the running for. So I did some I digging. I firmly believe that. I did some digging. Um, I don't know a freshman in the entire conference. So I just kind of went team by team to see if I could see anyone who's like really jumping out. Um, the only other guy who I think could get it and actually might, uh, is a guy named Brandon Joseph. He's a defensive back at Northwestern. 44 tackles, which is good for fourth on the team. But this man has five interceptions, which is tied not only for first in the Big Ten, but first in the country. And he, was named, Big, and he was named Big Ten Freshman of the Week twice during the season. Parker Washington never got it once. So if Parker Washington does not get it, it better be this guy. Because if it's anyone else, I'm going to ride. It's fair. Um, All right, so getting a little long on this one. Uh, I'm delirious, as you know. Uh, Two topics left. Uh, One, NFL draft. So we've teased this. We've talked about it. We've thought about it. But we are now actually at the end of the season. We have some decisions to make. So when we look at just the guys who are thinking about early declaration, to me it's really just Jason Owe and Jahan Dotson. I don't think there's anyone else who is a – true junior or less that would that would you know opt out early there's some of those guys that could come back for the extra year and i think the only one we really talked about were brisker and fields uh three castro fields but let's talk about Owe and dots and the two guys that could decide to leave early 
Where do you, as of this moment in time, stand on what do you actually think they're going to do? Um, I think Owe leaves just because he's getting that top two round buzz. But, you know, my thoughts aside on that, but Dotson, I, I'm just not sure, man. Uh, I haven't seen him on any draft boards, but I have to imagine he's gotten up to a mid-round sort of buzz kind of guy. Um, I think it's a deep wide receiver class this year. It probably isn't in his best interest to leave yet. However, you know, it's always risky staying. Yeah. Yeah, so I agree with Owe. Um, I've said it before. Selfishly, I'd love him back. I think to see him have a full year of production, getting up to you know double-digit sacks, it would just be awesome. Um, but you don't turn Having down that kind of money. Having any digit sacks would be nice. <laughs> yeah, I didn't really think about that before I said it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would like to see him have a sack. Um, I think he goes. I think you know that kind of money, round one and two, is is it's, it's a no-brainer. Um, you can develop in the league. That's fine. Um, Dotson, like you, I flip flop. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put my I'm gonna put my decision right now, but then I'm gonna explain why I could flip. But the actual decision or actual prediction, I think he comes back. I think he comes back. I agree. And there's I mean there's a couple reasons. Like everything that you mentioned is true. I don't know if he's even like a mid round guy at this point. Which like he's had a very good year. He's, he's done more than I expected, more than I could have hoped for, and I love everything about it. Um, but when you look at, like, NFL talent evaluators, it wouldn't shock me if he's graded as, like, a fifth, sixth-round guy right now, which is not great when you could come back for another year and work yourself up into a potentially second- or third-round kind of guy. Um, Franklin, in one of his press conferences, uh, I think it was today, actually, uh, was talking about it because he gave him Offensive Player of the Week and Special Teams Player of the Week. Uh, talking about how happy he is. Did you see? Uh, did you see after the punt return, like all the all the teammates like lifting him up and shit? Yeah, it was it was really cool. I don't know if you got Journey Brown is in there in like a hoodie, lifting him up, carrying him over to the sideline, and Franklin is like grabbing him, like yeah. Like you can see they have a really great relationship. And Franklin said he goes, I still, you know, he's like I'm so proud of Jahan, I'm so happy with what he's done. He's like I think there's a lot more there though, a lot more development. Like he said those kind of words, which makes you think, like. Why would he say that if he doesn't know he's coming back, you know? Um, Pat with the eyebrows going right now. Uh, so maybe some insider trading there, get some insider info. Um, but uh, the other side is, like, you do have to always think about the personal personal aspect of this. Like, yeah, even if you go mid-rounds, like, that's still a ton of money you're getting paid in an NFL salary for, you know, kids and families who don't have a lot. Um, and they did, a, they did a piece on Jahan during the game. I don't know if you caught it about his mom. Um, being a cancer survivor, um, that plays a factor. I'm sure you know. There's when your family goes through shit, and you have a chance to go play in the NFL and make money. That's probably something you got to think about. Um, they had a uh, they had an interview with KJ Hamler uh, yesterday, I think, on Good Morning Football, uh, talking about his big his big game this weekend. All all of our guys had huge games this weekend, uh, and they were joking about how KJ's mom uh, was like working at night. She missed missed his first touchdown. They're like, did she see these ones? He's like, yeah, 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 she saw these ones, thankfully. And, like, Nate Burleson was like, man, keep doing what you're doing. One day you're going to be able to retire your mom, and that's going to feel like the best for you. So, like, these are things that these kids think about that, like, when we're sitting here, like, come back. We want to see you on the field. Like, there are real-life aspects to this. So, I Not think – to mention, he saw a teammate lose out on an NFL contract. 
because that's he came a great back. point. That's a great point. I didn't think about you that. Know? That's going to impact you. I didn't think about that at all. Yeah, Journey Brown. Damn. Who probably um, could have gone a, in a similar round where Jahan could go right now. Yeah, I think if Journey went last year, just on his end of season alone, he would have went fourth at latest. Um, yeah, that's a good point, man. That's a good point. So all of that to say, I think Jahan comes back, but there are reasons and understanding why he could go. For sure. Um, I'm doing a lot of rambling this episode, Pat. If I ever talk too much, just tell me to shut up. We've been doing this for long enough. Um, I'm talking a lot. I will. (laughs) Um, The last thing I have on my list here is uh, recruiting. Do you know what tomorrow is? Early signing day? Yeah. No one knows about this. (laughs) No one's talking about it. I didn't even realize it till today. Um, In this crazy year, in this crazy world, early signing period, starts tomorrow um it's weird because like in typical years even on the early signing day they typically do the big fanfare where they have the big board and they have the the coaches in the room and everything and franklin was saying obviously one you can't do that necessarily because of covid and two like it's also a game week they have practice like he's like he's like i want to you know i want to celebrate these young men i'm making this decision but also have to have a really good practice on wednesday um so i think it'll be a weird and quiet one um, we shouldn't expect too many shocks. Um, our class is very set. It's a smaller class um, as expected. Uh, we just landed a receiver towards the end that flipped from Duke, I think it was, which was a nice little surprise. Um, and then there's two potential surprises coming. Um, first, a four-star running back, uh, Deshaun Murrell. He was previously committed to UCLA. Um, recently just got a crystal ball to Penn State from Steve Wiltfong, who is like one of the top 24 seven guys. And when he predicts something more often than not happens. Um, so that would be fun. Late four star running back. Um, and then the other one was a kid named Dijon Warren, who is the top junior college defensive back. Once considered a uh, Penn state lean goes to Lackawanna, just like Brisker and others before him. Uh, and he committed to Georgia a while back. Then what does he do last week? for no apparent reason, posts an edit of him in PSU jerseys and says, hashtag we are. So the entire internet is sitting there going, what's happening? Is this a troll? Are you fucking with us? Or is this going to be a late flip? Um, Apparently there's rumors that he's interested in Jackson State too, which is where Deion Sanders is now the head coach. So I don't know what's happening with this kid, but would also be a nice, nice late addition in a secondary, very talented kid. So that's your a very weird skill. thing to post if you weren't planning on coming here. That's what I'm saying. Is it just a troll job or what? I don't know. I don't know. Um, but time will tell. Uh, I think that's our episode. We've probably been talking for about an hour at this point. Uh, good win over Michigan State. Got Illinois coming up 5.30 on Saturday, which is, which is nice. Could have been a Friday night game, so I'm happy it wasn't. Um, Illinois comes to Beaver Stadium, so the kids don't have to travel. Um, and also, shout out, uh, shout out to this team for, for making it through a regular season, making it through, knock on wood, a crossover game. This one, one already has been canceled. I think it's Michigan-Iowa has already canceled because Michigan still has COVID. Um, so shout out, to, shout out to Penn State for, unfortunately, having a, a tough season on the field, but, but taking care of safety, taking care of the players, and doing things right. Pat, what else you got? Yeah, I, you, at the end of the day, this was 
I, the one thing I think we can congratulate this team and this program on is how well they navigated COVID. We didn't have a single cancellation, um, few, if any, cases. And after literally the worst start in the history of this program, they did not give up. The kids didn't pack it in. The coaches didn't pack it in. And we've now won three straight, looking at four, looking to continue our streak of non-losing seasons. It's, you know, it's not the season that any of us wanted, but when you look at how it started, you got to be proud of what, what I've always felt about this team is they never gave up at any point. Yeah. Yeah. Amen to that. I mean, for as much as we shit talk and as much as we complain, it's, we had a season, we got through it all. We got to watch eight games. We're going to get I've, to watch I've been on teams that at the first sign of adversity, they just packed it in. Okay. Yeah. And this team didn't do it. Yeah. Shout out to the Penn State Nittany Lions. I love this team. We love this team. We love these coaches. We love these players. We always will. Illinois this week. We'll do a preview show later this week. We're going to go one and up. We are.